Hi, I'm Dennis Edwards, Senior Pastor of the Sanctuary Covenant Church, and I want to give greetings to Woodland Hills Church. Really glad to be part of this. And I'm Greg Boyd, Senior Pastor of Woodland Hills Church, and I want to say hello to Sanctuary. We love you guys, and it's a privilege and honor to be here today to talk about Martin Luther King uh, with your beloved pastor. So, Dennis, <laughs> what are we doing here talking about Martin Luther King uh, in church? Yeah, you know, I, that's a great question, and I really think that it's important for us to remember that Christians have had a long history of honoring people who, who serve the Lord and particularly people who gave their lives in service. Mm -hmm. I mean, martyrs, really. And in many ways, Dr. King was a martyr. So I think, you know, Catholics and Episcopalians, they've, they've been doing this. And some of us other Protestants need to learn that it's, it's right to, to honor that person as they reflect uh, the Lord and the values of, of the Lord's work and of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, it's not just a matter of saying, like, wow, what a great person. Right. Um, but it's rather, and this has been part of the church tradition, you hold up the saints uh, as models to emulate. Yes. Uh, they uniquely manifested the kingdom, and, and we learn by imitation. Yeah. And so it's, not, it's about the message that he was for. Yes. And see, he, he just got, he, he just, he, he got that following Jesus wasn't just about dying and going to heaven. You know, it, it's... It's rather about adopting a radical lifestyle that imitates you know, the, the Lord Jesus. And he got that Jesus was about, you know, creating this one new humanity, Ephesians Amen. 2. And, and uh, it's a humanity where the, all the walls that divide us are torn down and the chains are broken and uh, divisions and hostilities have ended. And we now together put on display the beauty of the Imago Dei uh, in, in all of our diversity. And, yeah. and, and that's what he was for. And, and the other thing that makes it so important is that... Um, a lot of folks, I think, a lot of white folks in particular, tend to think that when you're talking about Martin Luther King in church, uh, you know, you're, you're part of a liberal agenda. <laughs> and, and, or if you're going to bring up race all the time, it's part of a liberal agenda. <laughs> it's an easy way to dismiss this stuff. Mm. But they don't realize that race issues are a fundamental core part of the Bible. I mean, the, the, it's structured around that to mm. a large degree. Mm. Starting with Babel, it was never God's ideal to have people divided into all these groups. Yeah. Uh, but when the unity was working you know, for the worse, mm. then it came as a judgment. But then we find with, with the day of Pentecost, you know, the for pouring sure. out of the Spirit, and they're all sure. speaking in tongues. And that was really Luke's way of, of, of letting us know that where the Spirit of God shows up, Babel's being reversed, and people mm -hmm. are coming together. In fact, throughout the Old Testament, you find that refrain yeah. about how Yahweh wants to recall all the people together. Indeed. So they together will be worshiping Him. It, it, yeah. He chose Israel to be the means by which He reached the whole world. Indeed. So His ideal has always been to reunite humanity. Amen. And then, you know, uh, you have Jesus dying to create that new humanity. Yeah. But even in the early church, they had trouble, you know, oh, working sure. this out. Yeah. Uh, the, the Council of Jerusalem. Indeed. Yeah. I, I think how did Jews and Gentiles get together? Uh, you're right. I think if Christians understood how, how strong that rift was between Jews and Samaritans yeah, yeah. and Jews and Gentiles, if they could understand that, then that language of a new humanity that Paul says in Ephesians 2, I think we would see how powerful and stark that is because it challenges the very values that people had grown up with and were ingrained in their lives. Yep, yep. So that's you know, it is a good analogy to what Dr. King was, was dealing with in America. Things that, ways of life that have been ingrained in, in, our, in our country uh, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So when I think about Dr. King and then think about his, his connection to the scriptures and the life of Jesus, there were particularly three things I thought about. Um, it was his commitment to justice, his commitment to peace, and his, and his commitment to love. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things I wanted to talk about today. Beautiful. And I thought that we could focus on those topics. I mean, right away, I think about Dr. King's emphasis on justice. You know, Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount, 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Mm -hmm. They'll be satisfied. Righteousness, that word could easily be translated justice. Mm -hmm. And justice is God's sense of, of what's right for his creation. It's what the Old Testament prophets were preaching about, justice. And I believe Dr. King functioned like the Old Testament prophets. You know, in many ways, he was just like Amos. In fact, he quoted Amos many times, let justice roll like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. So our world needs to know this message of justice. It's true here in our country for sure and also in other places. I mean, people still get exploited and we need a yeah. message of justice like King had. I mean, for example, when an unarmed person of color is uh, killed by law enforcement, it's not surprising really that people of different races have different reactions to that. Generally speaking, many mm -hmm. in the African-American community, we, we see those shootings or chokings or other violent acts, we see it as part of our nation's long history of yeah. racial injustice. So we think about these things as justice issues. Yeah, they are, they are. And the way that, uh, you know, you talk about, you, you can frame it against the backdrop of a long history of that happening, mm. you know, and, and, and here's where I think there's a lot of, of the conflict results is because the black experience uh, with regard to justice from institutions mm. is very different from mm. the white experience. And of course, there's exceptions on both sides, but, but uh, for, for white folks, you know, this country was founded by white folks and was founded for white folks. You know, we conquered it fair and square. And from the start, you know, we, we, we've been at the top of the pecking order. And uh, there's been a, every social structure has got a hierarchy and we, we, we've been at the top. So uh, the average white person doesn't confront the kind of stuff that black folks do, uh, that Native Americans do. And all these other things, it's, it's part of the privilege of being white. We can kind of float, float around up here in this sort of stratosphere of privilege, mm -hmm. and, and we just don't bump into the kind of things that other folks beneath us do. Um, and so if we normalize our experience, you know, they say this is the norm, and think that this is the norm for everybody, well then mm -hmm. when we hear cries of folks who are saying, you know, there's injustice going on here, there's unfairness, there's yeah. inequality, there's oppression, mm -hmm. well, it's easy to dismiss it. Yeah. And we might even get angry, because it kind of threatens our worldview, mm -hmm. you know? it's like. Because um, a lot of white folks, frankly, aren't aware that they've got a worldview. Mm. They're not. They're not aware of mm. the significance of being white. Uh, this is just normal. Uh, like one yeah. one person wrote me an angry letter a little while ago mm. and said, "You keep saying well, I have a white perspective. I don't mm. have a white perspective. I just see things the way they are." <laughs> My response is, "Well, that is the white perspective." Uh, so, so what, what I think needs to happen is is. There's got to be a way for white folks, first of all, first of all have to be willing to, yeah. to listen to voices and trust voices. You can't address mm. issues of injustice if you don't think injustices are really out there. Yeah. And, and to develop relationships with, mm. with folks. Go out of the way to develop relationships where, where you begin to enter into and empathize with and begin to understand um, a different part of America that maybe you didn't know was out there. If you enter mm. into the experiences of others. Mm. Uh, to give those voices credibility, to begin to stretch our worldviews and uh, uh, our relationship, be, be involved with one another. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate that because you touched on the power of, of uh, relationships and put that in the context of privilege. I, that's, that's significant for me. I mean, if we're going to be this one new humanity, we've got to wrestle with notions of power, privilege, and our differences. Absolutely. So yeah, so we need to be together. We need to be able to find ways to have conversation, dialogue, interaction, then we can model this new humanity. But on the way to do that, it's more, of course, than just you know, sitting next to each other in church. There's gonna need to, there, there'll need to be some wrestling. 
And that's part of that justice conversation. We, we can't tear down walls of injustice, um, you know, inside or outside the church if we're, if we're just locked into our typical ways of doing things, right? So we have to wrestle with issues like power, privilege, in our positions in society. So you're saying you want to wrestle with me right now? Come on, let's, I'd let's win. Come on. I'd win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. Well, yeah, so our wrestling is going to take us to a place where we've got to consider, you know, messages from the scriptures that I believe Dr. King taught that go to some practical aspects of, of peacemaking. Absolutely. So, so Jesus also taught that blessed are the peacemakers. He mm -hmm. taught that there's a way of life. He says, blessed are peacemakers, they're children of God. So that means we reflect the character of God as peacemakers. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's easier, of course, in society to fight fire with fire. I mean, we could joke about wrestling and that's good, but frankly, some people really take that a bit far and they mm -hmm. think the way to, to defeat the power is to exercise you know, violent power in response, sure. right? So, but Dr. King, one of the things that we really connect with from the scriptures with his work is that of nonviolence, of non-retaliation. So he taught us that in the way that he uh, carried out the movement. I, I read um, uh, a memoir of the great John Lewis, congressman, who uh, was there in Selma, who crossed that Edmund Pettus Bridge, who got beaten up um, in the civil rights movement, and he is quick to point out how important nonviolence was to the movement, yeah. how, how it pricked the conscience, conscience of uh, many Americans anyway, and, and help to bring about some, some changes. But you know, I'm feeling that the struggle today is, is that, yeah, I can't help but to feel at times we've gone backwards, you know? Yeah. I think Dr. King's embodiment of, of our Lord's teachings on peace, they don't always find a resonance, you know, with people. Right, it's right, it's right. hard. I mean, you know, just take what happened, you know, that time in South Carolina, right? When a young white supremacist comes into a church, he's welcomed kindly into that place, and then he proceeds to kill folks in the church. And we say, well, it's mm. a mental health problem, and kind of dismiss that racism was in the, in the water, so to speak, Absolutely. and fueled you know, totally his way of thinking. So we need to, to grapple with that. You mm. know? So Dr. King offers us some inspiration, yes, but also a reminder that the work of God's kingdom is never uh, fully done until the end of this present world. So, so, you know, rather than just seeing Dr. King as marching and saying he won some victory for us, we really need to say, what lessons can I take from Dr. King and, and apply today to carry yeah, on that absolutely, work? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I love most about King. It's one of the things that makes his, his the social movement that he started was, was so kingdom. Yeah. Uh, and it's because peace was at the center of it. You know, Jesus said yeah. that we're to love our enemies and, and to never retaliate and turn the other cheek. You know, it's, it's, he, King has, to a large degree, been sanitized. Indeed. Uh, and, and you hear, uh, uh, most of the time, I, I, when I hear talks about King, it's like the kingdom was taken out of King. <laughs> and and, and that, that nonviolence piece is, is just absent. Uh, people, you know, don't don't care for that one that much. Even in the church, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Jesus said that not responding with a tit for tat, that retaliation, eye for an eye thing, yeah. that 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 was his criteria for for being a child of God. Mm -hmm. uh, we manifest the character of God yeah. when we refuse to do the power struggle thing, Indeed. and 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 yet 
that message has been taken out of King and it's been taken out of the church, you know, by and large. Yeah. Uh, but King, I, I had read that where, uh, before the, the marches, mm -hmm. uh, he had everyone make this pledge. Now, you didn't have to be a Christian to march. He would allow anyone to march, yeah. but you, he, he would give this instruction. Yes. I don't want you to march unless you can pledge that you will not retaliate. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what they throw at you, and they're going to throw at you some nasty stuff. Regardless yeah. of what happens to you, uh, you are not to retaliate because that was the message. You know, yeah. the, 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 that was the core of his, his message. And so, when they would march, and the police would release the dogs, these folks wouldn't fight back. And you had some who would break rank, you know. But and of course, the media would focus on those. But it's amazing to the degree to which there was solidarity in this. Part of the remarkable thing about King was his ability to mobilize people and have such buy-in, mm. even for people who, who weren't necessarily Christians, but but they 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 followed this, yeah. and and so they released the dogs and they wouldn't fight back. They'd hose them down, but they wouldn't fight back. They'd get beaten up and they wouldn't get fight back. They'd get put in jail unjustly yeah. and they wouldn't fight back. Indeed. And it, the brilliance of that and it's the brilliance of Jesus' message is that if they if they would have uh, retaliated. Well, the police would have just cracked down more, and so more of them would have got harmed, which would then would have made folks in the black community and others want to retaliate mm. uh, more on them, which mm. then would have caused a, a, a more retaliation on the part of the police. And now you're in that cycle of violence, yeah. you know, and, and people get killed and all mayhem results from that. Yeah. But when, when, when you don't respond that way, and what happens is you pay a high price, you suffer mm. tremendously, but by not retaliating, you don't just you don't in the minds of the police justify mm. what they're doing to you. In fact, you expose yeah. the injustice of it, and and I think that is one of the things, one of the main reasons why this movement was so powerful, mm. is because folks would look at that and they'd see the contrast between how these folks are being treated yeah. and the fact that they're not fighting back, and and that would win the hearts of people. And I think that did a lot to open up the minds of white people mm. about the unjust <clears throat> laws mm. uh, and the racist laws that that were were, were part of this land. Yeah. Well, you know, you're right. Um, I mentioned John Lewis again. He, he mentioned how on that bloody Sunday when they got beat down in, Sel in Selma, it was shown on the national news. Mm -hmm. you know? So it did prick America's conscience, at least for many people, when they saw a uh, nonviolent uh, response to violence. And you're right. Dr. King was able to mobilize people, Christian and mm -hmm. otherwise. It's incredible. It, it is, and it was still controversial. I mean, there were people even in the African-American oh, sure. community who, who weren't fully sold on that way, but it is the way of Jesus. I mean, it's the way of our Lord who, who didn't call down legions of angels. You know, he, he didn't uh, fight back. Rather, he chose to suffer um, So because he loved people. He chose mm -hmm. to suffer to take on um, um, the the abuse of those who eventually, you know, even mm -hmm. crucified him. So he 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 showed us that there's a way to respond to injustice, and of course, it's just counterintuitive because by by that he brought you know salvation to humanity, mm -hmm. which we couldn't have people couldn't have seen coming, but mm -hmm. he did it in a way that we didn't expect. Yeah. Well, that's Paul calls that the power of God. Yeah, See, it, it's powerful. Uh, this is the power of God. First Corinthians one. It's yeah. foolishness and weakness if you're That's thinking right. in the ways of the world. But he says, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I, yes. I just think that is one of the most remarkable statements in the whole Bible. Yeah. When, when the Almighty God flexes <laughs> his omnipotent muscle, it looks like him getting crucified yeah. by his enemies, out right. of love for his enemies, rather Amen. than retaliating on his enemies. He could have snapped his fingers and squashed them, but Amen. instead he let himself be crucified. And, and you know, what that does is it exposed the injustice of what was being done to him. Amen. And exposed the, you know, the injustice of the Roman Empire and the injustice of the, the, the Jewish system that put him to death and ultimately injustice of the world. Now, Paul does the same thing uh, in Romans 12 when he yeah. says, you know, leave all vengeance to God. 
Amen. Okay, that's God's business. That's right. Don't keep a record. Don't keep score. Yeah. Uh, don't retaliate. Uh, and then he says, rather, uh, when your enemies are hungry, feed them. And if <laughs> your enemy's thirsty, give them something to drink. Because in that way, he says, uh, you'll pour coals of fire on their head. That's right. And that's just an idiomatic way of saying you'll bring mm -hmm. conviction on conviction. them. And yep. shame on them. You know, Amen. it's really hard that's to right. keep on beating somebody up if they won't fight back. Yeah. And at yeah. some point, you know, <laughs> it, it, it exposes the ugliness in your own heart. Yeah. It's God's way of responding to aggression. Well, amen. I agree with you, and I appreciate your references to those passages of Scripture. I know it's hard You're the one who brought it up. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, appreciate you for bringing it up. Well, thank you. I, I know it's hard for people, though, and I, and I, and I know it's really our, our human nature wants to respond in kind, right? But, um, but the way of Jesus is a way of peace. It's a way of, you know, God says, right, vengeance is his. He'll repay. It's, 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 uh, it's for God to take care of these things. That, that, that leads me to, you know, really what we're talking about, the, the power that fueled these notions of justice and peace is really the power of love. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what motivated Jesus. It's what motivates the Father, right? God so loved the world. And Dr. King he actually preached a message entitled Loving Your Enemies. This is back in 57, before mm -hmm. I was born. But was I the year to, I was born. All right. Well, I wanted <laughs> you're, you're to. You're young and <laughs> I'm the elder well, man. Well, I'll here. take that. <laughs> but I wanted to quote uh, a part of that message. He says, In the final analysis, love is not this sentimental something that we talk about, it's not merely an emotional something. Love is creative, understanding goodwill for all men, it's the refusal to defeat any individual. When you rise to the level of love, of its great beauty and power, you seek only to defeat evil systems. Individuals who happen to be caught up in, the, in that system, you love, but you seek to defeat the system. Mm. And that's, that's powerful. I appreciate that. In addition to Dr. King's words was, of course, his own example. Absolutely. I mean, he, he had received so many death threats against his life, even, of course, prior to the assassination itself. Yet he still wouldn't let hate uh, ruin his own heart, right, right. you know? Love was his underlying motivator for him in Christian service. So that's a lesson for us today. It's a lesson for me, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. We want to find practical examples of, of how Christians should love. The place we look at, it should be to a person or to people whose commitment to love is, is so strong that that would lead them to action. Um, and in, this, in King's case, that got international attention. Mm -hmm. Love motivated him to action. And, and it led to some change. Now, do, during this, this season, though, we often get snippets of Dr. King's um, I Have a Dream speech, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes those snippets kind of make him come off like some, uh, some idealist, uh, a, dreamer. For a dreamer, you know, mm -hmm. some kind of um, out-of-touch mystic mm -hmm. who uh, didn't understand the realities of the world. But that's not, that's not the case. I mean, that's a, that's, that's, that misses the prophetic message that Dr. King Absolutely. really had for our society. He was calling the nation to live up to ideals that it claimed to own that come from the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the core of it was love. Yeah. King's life just illustrates what can happen if you get, if you get uh, large groups of people mm -hmm. who just refuse not to love. Um, it, it, is, it, it is powerful. It is the power of God. Yeah. It is the power of God to love like that. Uh, I'm not sure that the majority of, of the church believes that. You know, we, we may say it, but, hmm. but we, and this is why, see, King affected the political system 
But he did it not by going at the political system in and of itself. He did it by this commitment to love. Hmm. And that has ramifications. I mean, Jesus never said a word to Caesar, but by living that life that he lived, it, it's changing the world hmm. still to this day. And, and it, it, it's when, when we commit to loving like Christ's love, laying down our life even for our enemy, uh, that is just the power of God. And, and it, it, can, it can revolutionize everything. And that's the other thing that makes King's uh, social activism a distinctly kingdom kind of social activism. Uh, in the same way they would tell people before marches that you're not allowed to you know, retaliate. Don't march unless you're, you mm. promise you're not going to retaliate. He'd also say the same thing about love. Uh, he would tell people, I don't want you marching here. I don't care what you believe, but mm. I don't want you marching unless you're doing this not just for yourself, but also for the people who are oppressing you, out of love for the people who are oppressing you, because the system of oppression, it, it, it victimizes us all in yeah, different ways. Yeah, it victimizes true, us all. True. And though they don't know it, your oppressors are being dehumanized in the process of oppressing you. Hmm. And so we're marching, yes, for our freedom, but also for the freedom of all people, including the people yeah, who oppress us. Yeah. I get goosebumps talking about it. Well, amen. It, it, it's, it's just yeah. beautiful. Because uh, he said, you know, until everyone's free, none of us are totally uh, indeed, free. Indeed. And that's just, uh, oh, yeah. th th that's just powerful. I like what you, <laughs> you read there uh, also about, uh, we're marching against the system, never against people. Yeah, We're indeed. marching against the system. And, and in doing that, he's really capturing, I think, a core New Testament principle that's that right. our battle, Paul Amen. says this, is never against, flesh, against and blood, flesh and blood, but against that's the right. principles and powers and dominions and authorities. Exactly. And, and the way that we fight them is by refusing mm. to fight one another. Even if you're oppressing me, I'm not going to identify you as the enemy. Right. Uh, we're both victims here. Now, maybe you don't know yeah. it, but we're both victims. And the way that we're going to get free is by fighting the ones who are trying to play us off against each other. That's the principle of his powers. Indeed. And so his, his social activism was really a form of spiritual warfare. And that's how he framed it. He didn't use the, the language of demons and stuff. But, but it was a fight against the powers, against the systems of oppression. And, and, and the only way to fight them and not mm -hmm. get played by them yeah. is to commit to loving unconditionally without exceptions, no ifs, ands, or buts, mm. no fine print, uh, regardless of what the person's doing, doing uh, to you and yeah. before you, uh, your actions motivated by love. Yeah. Well, you're right. Um, I think that Dr. King definitely saw the systemic uh, nature of evil in our society. It's kind of weird because, you know, the Christians of his time, you know, white Christians, maybe we could call them evangelicals, you know, didn't grasp hold of that since systemic yeah. notion of injustice. You know, no, they, they still struggle with it. Yeah, they struggle <laughs> with it. So because they don't suffer at, at the hands of it. That's right, true. right, exactly. They benefit from it. They benefit. And it's hard and, to um, notice things that benefit you. Indeed, indeed. So it's it's important to cap to, to get a sense that not only was King a prophet to the nations, he's a prophet to the Christian community itself, right? Absolutely. To 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 awaken the Christian community to these notions of justice. You know, I was uh, listening to something on on NPR because I was trying to think about, you know, where do we go from here? And and it just happened to be a talk in between a bigger a section that I heard. And there was this young father and he was talking about how he tried to explain Christmas to his four year old. And he was talking about Jesus and and who Jesus was and how Jesus did good. And he taught people to, to you know, do to others as you would have them do to you. And mm -hmm. and this little four year old girl that kind of resonated with her. And then just right around that Christmas season, they were driving by a church and and saw a crucifix. So she wanted to know, well, who is that up there on the crucifix? And he said, well, that's Jesus. And she was surprised. And said, what happened? And he had to explain to her that, well, yeah, he taught people to love, but this irritated people. And, on, and some people got so irritated that they, they killed him. And so she's filing this away, you know, in her in her mind. And so about a month later, she gets off from preschool because it's a Dr. King holiday. 
So she sees a picture of Dr. King and she asks her dad to explain who this is. So he starts, starts talking about Dr. King and, and working for racial justice and, and how you should do to others as you would have them do to you. And the little girl perked up and said, oh, that's like Jesus. Mm -hmm. She said, did they kill him too? Mm. How yeah. perceptive. Yeah. Be, the thing that we're learning and seeing in the life of Dr. King is that, is that, yes, what you said about spiritual warfare is true, that the devil does not want us to dismantle these kinds of structures, does not want us to learn the way of peace and reconciliation. So one hard lesson for us as Christians is to learn that, that we need to, well, it's a sacrifice. I mean, Dr. Mm -hmm. King didn't live as long as we've been alive. That's right. And, and, um, and, and as much as I want racial harmony, as much as I want that beloved community that Dr. King talked about, I, 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 I don't forget that real love requires some sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. And so dismantling the racism that's embedded in our society, it's going to require our whole lives. It's going to require um, uh, us offering ourselves as sacrifices. And I'm not sure, you know, enough, enough of us Christians grasp a whole of that, but I sure hope that we do. I, I think the kingdom, I, I always say this to my congregation, the kingdom starts <coughs> the, mm. with our first drop of blood. Uh, it's yeah. when it pinches us, when it inconveniences us. Because hmm. the essence of the kingdom is, is the self-sacrificial love yeah. uh, that was exhibited throughout Jesus' life, but epitomized on the cross. Hmm. And so to, to, follow, to follow Jesus and live in the kingdom is to live a cruciform life. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's always, by definition, a price to pay. Uh, and when it comes to racial reconciliation manifesting the one new humanity, uh, th there's a cost to that. For white people, uh, the cost starts by just... There has to be a humility there to mm. acknowledge mm. that you don't know what you don't know. It starts with that. And, and, and to be willing to then uh, be inconvenienced, uh, to mm. step out of the stream of your, you know, the homogenous stream of your life, mm. all right? To, to begin to develop relationships with people who don't look like you and, and don't eat the same food as you, listen to the same kind of music, but to begin to learn about, yeah. you know, a different experience in America, sure. you know? And, um, and, and, and there's a lot of folks who don't want to do that. You know, it, 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 they're secure in the way they look at the world, and it, it serves them well, and everything's going fine. Why would I upset that? And the answer to that is you would want to upset that if there's something that you love more than the convenience of your life, and that is doing the kingdom. Yeah. And, and so it, 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 that starts with the cost. There's also, it's going to cost in other ways. You know, at, at, um, at Woodland Hills Church, uh, part of my experience on this has been that there are a certain segment of folks who, mm. when you preach about reconciliation, uh, they'll say, praise God, hallelujah, amen, let's mm. do it. But when the rubber hits the road, when, there's, when, when they're pushed on a little bit, mm. uh, they, some hightail it out of there. Yeah. Uh, you know, example is a, a couple that was really, I thought, on board with this whole thing. Uh, and our church has been gradually, slowly, Forward, mm. backward, you know, it's a shimmy, but yeah. becoming more diverse. We're about 79% mm. white now, I think 21% non-white. Mm. Uh, but, so we've got some kids of color in our, our youth group, and their daughter started having eyes for this African-American boy, <laughs> and they started talking together, mm. and those folks, yeah. it's out of here. And it's just, or another case was, um, happened uh, last year, right after uh, the um, Philando Castile was, uh, was, was, yeah. was shot. Yep. And uh, it happened in one of our small groups where they started talking about this. Mm -hmm. And th the African-American in this group was, you know, saying this is, you know, there's a long history of this and yeah. trying to give a context oh, yeah. here. And one of the couples just got so offended 
that, and, and what they heard was, oh, you're saying all the police officers are bad, or at least all the white police officers are bad. Mm. And, and, and I found that whenever I talk about these things, I, I get inevitably, you know, uh, emails of people mm. saying, why are you going after the police officers? And, and that, because that's what they hear, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. they're, they're very defensive about that. But they ended up leaving, because, yeah. and see, those are the kind of tough issues you got to work through. And that, mm -hmm. that's where, it, it's only when you bump up against a different perspective and a worldview that you have an opportunity to expand your own. Mm -hmm. and, and here would have been a chance to get in on the inside and like, why do you see it that way? And learn about, you know, a slice of America you wouldn't have otherwise learned about. Yeah. But some folks just aren't willing to pay that price. Well, well, Greg, I'm glad that you mentioned that because sometimes it's hard for us African-Americans, and I'll speak for myself, it's sometimes hard for us to enter into these kinds of conversations about race. And even though Dr. King sort of awakened America in many ways, or at least, you know, drew attention, for some of us, it's like, don't you guys know better by now? Why do we have to keep, <clears throat> excuse me, having these conversations? We, we think, well, you know, we have to wade in those waters again. And sometimes we get demonized for bringing up things that we see in our society uh, I, from I our vantage point. Um, there you go, playing the race card again. I mean, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. so, I can't imagine so how frustrating that must be. It is, it is. So I, I do, you know, think that I, well, I would very much want my white sisters and brothers to wrestle with these notions of power and privilege that you brought up. You know, I was going to quote um, uh, Colossians 3.11. It says, there's no longer uh, Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. And the Greeks, they really created this idea of the barbarian and the Scythian. Mm -hmm. They, they otherized those folks because they weren't as good as they were. Well, in as fact, Greeks. the term barbarian comes from the, the, people the, just couldn't speak Greek. And it sounded to them like bar, 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 bar. Exactly. And, and so they called them barbarians. The people exactly. speak bar, 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 bar. So they created a category for those folks, just like in our country, mm. we created racial categories, Absolutely. at least white people did, to keep a hierarchy. We need to confront that. And I would especially say my white sisters and brothers need to confront that reality that our society was stratified to keep them at the top. Uh, now, so as we move forward, that's something that I would hope for, for our, our white sisters and brothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, in our own context, I'm seeing our young people um, emerge. You know, we're in a very polarized time after the last election. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> fully know where we're gonna go from here. Yeah. You wanna and head I, down that little rabbit trail? <laughs> well, it's difficult oh, um, yeah. to consider what's gonna happen because, you know, I, I think even within the Christian community, there's a black-white divide even after the election, right? Absolutely. Um, I Absolutely. see some of our young people mobilize, and I'm proud of them for wanting to mobilize. And then Black Lives Matter is a movement that just kind of sparked from the grassroots. Some people are threatened by it. Some people are afraid of it. Others just jump in wholesale. I mean, I would, I would encourage Christians to be, to be reflective and thoughtful about it. Don't need to demonize Black Lives Matter, but... It would be nice to be involved in a way that brings our love, justice, and peacemaking mm -hmm. uh, perspective to that movement. We've talked about this before, being chaplains to the movement. Our, our sister Lisa Sharon Harper was at the sanctuary um, not long ago, and she used that kind mm -hmm. of terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we were at the sanctuary, you know, when, when Jamar Clark, Clark was shot, um, there were several of us down there out, outside of the 4th Precinct being a witness for peace in the midst of something that could have grown tense, but for the most part was a pretty peaceful time. Mm -hmm. um, so there are ways that African Americans, we can keep, keep challenging the systems and doing it uh, in a way that Dr. King modeled for us 
that I think is still the way of Jesus. You know, there you said uh, African Americans can, uh, you know, challenge the system, mm -hmm. um, and you shouldn't have to challenge that system alone. And that's mm -hmm. where uh, I believe white Christians seem to be <laughs> joining forces with you and saying, you know, <laughs> when you cry ouch, we want to be crying ouch with you. Hmm. And that's what the movement is all about, saying, you know, there's an ouch here yeah. that is ignored, and, and, hmm. and it, we want to have a collective ouch on that. And that's where the, <laughs> there's got to be a solidarity in Christ. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, it's, it, it, when white <clears throat> Christians read passages like you read with Colossians, you know, yeah. in Christ there's neither Jew nor gentle, slave mm -hmm. nor free, you know, and, and we go, yay, hallelujah. So let's just be colorblind, <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, and without realizing that, that, cause they don't bump into it, but that, um, I mean, there's a price you pay to manifest that reality, uh, because you, you just can't wave a magic wand to get rid of, you know, 400 years of slavery yeah. and injustice and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that has created, you know, these, these structures here that mm -hmm. if we're really going to be one in Christ, yeah. uh, we've got to talk about those. Yeah. And that's where the, that's where the inconvenience starts. And that's where the, you know, the, the, the bleeding starts, but, mm -hmm. and they can be difficult, but if, if we commit to having a love for one another that's bigger than, than our defense mechanisms and, and you know, is able to press through these things and we're trusting one another, uh, you know, the, the hearts of one another, um, that then we're fighting the powers and no yeah. longer being played by the powers. Otherwise, mm. we just keep on being played by that. Now, with the Black Lives Matter thing, you, you know, it, ideally, it would be great if the church was leading that, mm. <laughs> you know, but the church is far from that. Uh, and so then the, it always poses the question then is, okay, what is our relationship to that? And, and mm -hmm. here I, I will just admit to being in process. Okay. Uh, because some of the things, like you know, the, w one of the major protests of Philando Castile was right outside my house, mm. down St. Paul. Okay. And it got nasty. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were, you know, when they were locked in 94 and mm. there was all I mean, people throwing bottles at the police and stuff like that. Although, you know, the, the organizer said that that didn't come from the people in the movement, it was from mm. other onlookers and spectators. But mm. Then I, 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 I wrestle with, okay, well, if I'm part of that, am I identified with it? Am I condoning that violence? Because I want to be anti-violence. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, when I was at your church and we were having that discussion, yeah. um, uh, the, the, I, I got this idea that, you know, Jesus didn't worry about his reputation when he hang out, hung out with prostitutes mm. and tax collectors. And I, I, I got convicted that yeah. I think I have been too worried about, oh, I'm going to be associated with violence. And so I then, we, they had a meeting at the elementary school where okay. Flando uh, uh, taught, and that's like 500 feet from my house. Oh, wow. So I, we went over there and just went in solidarity, but doing kind of what, what you, you did uh, at that, that uh, march, well, uh, just being a presence, just to pray. Because yeah. we want to say, yes, we are for what they're for <coughs> and confronting the system, mm. yeah. uh, but we don't want to be associated with violence and nasty rhetoric and things like that. But we can do that. We, just mm. being there and being present and, and ministering to people and praying for people, showing that you're, you know, want to support them. Yeah. Uh, maybe bring some folks bring cookies and you know, spread mm. them out and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a way of being a chaplain. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I want to have hope that we can move forward in a way that, uh, that encompasses the principles that Dr. King taught us that, that come from the teachings of Jesus. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I don't believe that... Um, the Christians have to be have to be leading Black Lives Matter, um, but there's so many ways that we can lead, whether it's that organization or not. There's so many ways that we can exemplify the kinds of things that we've been talking about just now. Um, you know, I was thinking about the civil rights movement had had white folks involved. It had some folks from other religious uh, um, um, uh, faith traditions involved, and and somehow it it 
it swelled, you know, because of these these values. I think that come from 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 Jesus. Absolutely. And uh, so, in a sense, I hope for that, you yes. know. And I want to be able to work with Woodland Hills. I want to work with you. I want to work with people who have a passion for the Lord, passion for the kinds of justice that Dr. King, you know, articulated, and that understand that there's sacrifice involved. And whether it's one particular organization or not, I'm not going to worry about that as much as it's a or movement, movement yeah, right? right? That right, we right. kind of gain this traction of, 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 uh, of change because of what we believe and mm -hmm. our commitment to it. Yeah. Well, we're in very turbulent times right now in this country, and, and uh, it's just a matter of time before another thing's going to happen. Uh, and I, I just want to say I so appreciate you mm. uh, as we're heading into these troubled waters. Mm. Um, I know that I need you, I, 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 and Woodland Hills needs you, and uh, we need each other if we're going to manifest yeah. this one new humanity. And mm -hmm. so uh, my commitment is that I want to be, in every way I can, serving you and learning from you and walking with you uh, as we you know, take these incidences and ask the question, how right. can we, how can our churches respond to this mm. in a way that manifests our unity, in a way that manifests our solidarity and our, our longing for justice? Yeah. Um, and a way that manifests the, the, the love and the nonviolence uh, of, of the kingdom and the love and nonviolence that Martin Luther King so wonderfully illustrated and taught on. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Greg. Bless you, brother. Good, yeah. God bless you guys. Yeah, God bless you.